You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. Welcome to a show that's as real as it gets. Real topics, real conversations, probably some real controversy. I'm Jason Klaus. Join me and Amy Sheridan as we bring you the real here on the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm. everybody and welcome to The Real Podcast. Here is a part of the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm along with Amy Sheridan. I'm Jason Klaus, which we certainly appreciate you tuning in uh, to our show this week. This is becoming must listen to audio here, Amy, because we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in week four now. This thing is, is, is catching fire. It's gaining momentum. The numbers don't lie. We did uh, kind of a lighter topic last week, a fun one, nonetheless, the, the this or that thing. Um, I got some some positive feedback on it. Had, had you heard you know anything in terms of feedback on your end from, from last week's show? I actually I have and I was I was really surprised to see like some of the the views because it really seemed like even though um, the topic before that like the show before that was more serious more in depth and I thought that that one was like doing well like this one it, you ultimately seen the numbers jump right. and I was like what the crap and that was like you know that was a way lighter topic. Um, but I, I did get some feedback, actually. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm an early bird. Like, I wake up at, it's like 5 in the morning, you know. Like, I'm out the door by 5.30, 5.40 to go to work. And I had gotten a message, like, in the middle of the night. Like, a couple of messages. <laughs> like, midnight. And I won't say it's, like, who who they were from. Because, I mean, they, they know who they're from. And it's fine, because I didn't wake up that you know, that earlier anything, but they were, they were talking about like what they think of, you know, some of the topics, like the ladies with the crazy hair and, you know, because this person works, you know, at, at a, a store that she constantly sees ladies with crazy hair. And, you know, she also believes that they're just living their best life. And she also um, has, some problems with employees in the workforce, you know, so it was, 
it was really nice. Like, even though she wasn't giving me like feedback per se, she was giving me her own perspective, you know, on what she thinks is sure. going on. Oh, I mean, it's, it's individualized, you know, yeah. how, how I, how I looked at certain topics, what, and you said it on the air was a contrast to what you thought or what you believe. And yeah. I think that's the dynamic of the show here. And I think that this is what is really catching on and why the numbers are going upward because they're like, oh, well, it's Saturday. That means it's time for the real podcast. What are they going to talk about? What is she going to talk about? What kind of fires are they going to start here this week? Right. Um, this week's topic, I feel like, is going to um, resonate with a lot of people or certainly yeah. a... A large, you know, a, a large grouping of of our of, of our listeners, and yeah. um, I really feel like this is something. You know, it's it's almost done as a joke until you become part of these scenarios that I know we're going to lay out here during during the course of this program here. Um, so, kind of introduce the topic where does this stem from and um let's let's hit the road running here this week yeah yeah no problem so the topic this week is going to be colleagues friend or foe and um i i just i have had many good experiences with colleagues you know colleagues or co-workers you know, I, I'm so trained to say colleagues nowadays because right. my sure. uber professional job, you know, but your, your coworkers, you know, like, should you befriend them? Why, why not? Like, it can come back to bite you in the ass, I'll tell you that much, you know, and people that thought you, you know, you guys were friends, it, mm, no, you're not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad, but, um, as I, I just I thought it was a really interesting thing to to talk about um, again, you know, like so my I'll, I'll start off by saying like my my actual friend circle, my like really super good friend circle is very, very tiny. It's it's very, very small. I like it very, very small, not because I can't fit any time in for new really good friends it's you know i i don't ha i don't have to i don't have time <laughs> you know to totally get that. bond with each individual person like i i just i have like a couple really super good friends and you know like friends that know the majority of all about me except for one one knows pretty much 99% about me and that would be Margaret you know obviously sure. we've been best friends since 1986 <laughs> you know um or I think it's like actually I think it's like 1989 I think I lied on that. either way it's in the 80s yeah. we're, it's we're been talking so about long. a long yeah, time like, ago I'm 40 I can't remember that long <laughs> totally understand I I mean right. I I get it because like you know, Jason Floyd, who has been my my longest friend, like I met him in 88. Oh, okay, right on. So 34 years ago? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Long ass time. Yeah. And well, <laughs> and they just, they know everything about you, you know, and I know everything about her. It's just, it is what it is. Like, you know, we have our thumbprints tattooed on our, our chest and a little heart. So oh, it's, cool. you know, yeah, it's, it's cute. Um, but, you know, other than that, like the really, really super good friends, you know, th there's only a few. And um, my friends after that, it, it's kind of like they're not super close. You know, they're just they're friends. And, you know, I, I like hanging out with with my different friends. And, you know, I, I know a ton of people, a ton of people throughout my lifetime of, of all walks of life. You know, there's it, when I was in the wrestling thing, so I gained like a whole bunch of wrestling friends, you know, and that's what it was geared towards. When I was in roller derby, I have like a whole bunch of roller derby friends, you know. Um, but when it comes to work friends, that was like a little bit different. So, like, you know, like when you go throughout your life and because you're you're in these certain stages of life, you you know, you pick up like a good friend or two, you know, and you pick up all these really good acquaintances and all these really good like friends and and you kind of know which one's like, eh, you know, if I called him tomorrow, he probably wouldn't answer. Like, you know, it's like those kind of friends. Um, but when you think about like your whole life and like a work aspect. It's kind of like, I don't have any, like, friend friends from work that I've, like, that I met at work that was a co-worker, and, and I'm just like, why? Why is that? You know, there's actually, there, there's many different things, you know, I, there's, there's many different things that can go along with this, um, you know, I, like, my first job was Myers, and it was, like, a long, long time ago, and I met some really cool people there, and, like, I remember their names and stuff, but I haven't seen them since I worked at Myers, and I worked at Wendy's for, like, a million years, and all the people that I knew from Wendy's. I remember that, that era. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Wendy's era. Cause yeah. so did so did Frostbite. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> was like a chamber thing. <laughs> right. It was great. Actually, Wendy's was like one of the funnest things, you know, like it, it just one of the one of the greatest jobs ever. You know, and the managers were awesome. But like I never retained any friends that I met from work. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're friends while we're working and then like as soon as you quit you just go on with your life and, and they go on with theirs and I retained zero friends from there and I worked at a seating company in Auburn Hills and we made the Pontiac G6 seats okay I am still like I worked there probably like three four years and I am still acquaintance friends with maybe maybe three 
maybe three people out of that whole factory. Now, Facebook friends, that's different, but I'm not, I, I don't count Facebook friends because, you know, Facebook's just stupid. Right. You know, like everyone's everyone's friend on Facebook. I got like, 3,000 friends. Yeah. yeah like, how I'm many of them do you actually hang out with? Right? Yeah. Like if yeah. I yeah. seen these people in public, I'd be like, oh my God, I miss you. How are you? You know, like friends, like acquaintance friends. So, yeah, like no real good friends there, you know, and, and most of the time when you think that someone's your friend, and I found this out, like working that factory job, that they will stab you in the back. In like, a heartbeat. I was trying to better myself and move up the chain, and I wanted to become not just a production worker, I wanted to become what was called a gap leader. And like, I worked hard, I went up to my supervisor and I'm just like, I really want to be a gap leader. So in this, in this shop, we had different gaps and the gaps were a different color, you know, like, so there was an orange gap, a blue gap, a purple gap, a green gap, a brown gap, like, and, and all these different gaps are different lines of the seats. Like the purple gap was the testing of the seats before, you know, right after they came off the conveyor belts and we would put them on the pallets to be shipped out to, to GM. And, you know, it, it was stuff like that. Like the orange gap was like rear seats. And, you know, it. so each, each gap had a color and each gap had a, a, a different like station, right. so to speak, on, on every seat. So I went around and learned every single job in that entire facility like and I mean like quick I was I became like a floater so I just went around and learned all these jobs so that when promotions came time how they did promotions was like you put your name in the hat and then like the big cheese would take you upstairs and give you this test and so it was like a written test and then you had to take like an oral test and then they would ask you, like, why you want to become a gap leader. So apparently I, I did everything right and, and I passed with flying colors and I became a gap leader. Nobody liked me. <laughs> Imagine that, Jason. I'm stunned. Nobody liked me. I mean, some people did. Like, once they kind of got it in their head, okay, we can't change this. I didn't get the position, whatever. You know, because you had you had numerous people and you know going going for the same job and so the, you know they'd be all buddy buddy with you and all friendly with you and of course you know like me i'm friggin bleeding heart and you know wearing your emotions on your sleeve and i'm like oh you're talking to me this is so awesome so i'm gonna think you're my friend and then the minute i do something wrong or they think it's wrong or something they're marching their happy little ass right over to the supervisor to tell on me and you know i mean luckily it was union so like i got i got a pretty good fair shake you know as far as like not getting fired or correcting my behavior so to speak even though it wasn't even really behavior um because i mean most of the allegations were just bullshit you know saying that i was like mean to everybody and i couldn't do every job that was because i was I, I was the orange gap leader, so I did, like, the rear seats, and, you know, I they just didn't like how I did things, and it was, like, it, it was a constant struggle, so, 
if anything, like after a couple of years working there, it was kind of like I learned no one's your friend there. Like unless they have nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your gap, like and and they're being nice to you because there's nothing they could possibly want like from you. I didn't really try to associate with them because I I was terrified. I I thought, oh my God, you're going to get me fired or, you know, and they did. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I befriended some of the other gap leaders because they were already gap leaders, you know, and they, they didn't want to take anything from me. And like, there, there was still a couple that I am still acquaintance friends today with, which are, are completely awesome. Um, but it was, it was a hard pill to swallow working there. And that was the first time I had ever worked like at a plant, at a shop. And it, you know, it was a seating factory. I had no idea. Right. So then I, you know, work for, I, I went to work for an attorney. And luckily with hers, like we only, there was, it was a very small practice. There was only two people there. And uh, it was, it was me and this, this other girl, Debbie. Debbie is the one that got me the job. Well, didn't, I don't like saying that. Like nobody gave me the job, you know, like I interviewed, I did my shit for it. Like I earned the job, but she's the one that introduced me to the opportunity to even get hired there because the attorney was looking for a billing clerk. And I was like, all right. I got this. I can do this, you know, and I went in there and I knew Debbie, like I was friends with Debbie long before because we had known each other through a mutual acquaintance, which is Kathy Wilcox, by the way. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, her Debbie Davidson. Okay. So, yeah, she's the one that presented me with the opportunity and... I I was there for 11 years. So Debbie eventually moved on from that job and the attorney was looking to scale down a little bit and to move from her building to a different building. And it was awesome because she didn't hire anyone else. So I like essentially learned Debbie's job plus my own job and I, I could handle both. And so it was just a two-person team, right? So it was just me and the attorney. And it was glorious. It was wonderful. Like, I I couldn't have asked for a a better setup. So we move into this other law office. And she, she doesn't team up with this attorney that we moved into their law office with. But we're, like, renting a room, basically, out of his building. And... When she put me down, like, I think I was, I was down, down only one day a week. So I was like working four days a week for her. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go see if this other attorney needs any help. Because if I come in, I can just, you know, go next door or whatever to into his little office and work for him. And there I met another person who ended up like I befriended her because she was nice to me and um we hit it off real well 
it was it was really awesome. She she was a cool person. So I thought. <laughs> and um when Linda eventually retired, the the my attorney, when she eventually retired, this other woman had given me the opportunity with a company that she transferred to. And she said, oh, they're hiring. And I was just like, really? Oh, my God. I know nothing about what I'm about to do, though. And I was like, do they train? And she's like, well, I'm not sure. She goes, but if you get hired in, I get like a $1,000 bonus. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'll send in my resume. I'll do all this stuff, you know. And, and I still I thought we were cool. So... I do all this stuff, send in the resume. I like I ended up interviewing, and mind you, I had not done an interview in eleven years. Eleven years. <laughs> you know? I was so out of practice. And I go in and I was up against I, I think like two or three other women. And I ended up getting the job. <laughs> Knowing nothing about what I was about to do. I ended up getting the job. So obviously I impressed them somehow. I, I have no idea how because the law work has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. And they ended up training me and everything was well. And um, I she she had gotten a promotion and I was basically taking her job. Plus, she got $1,000 for me getting hired in. Well, I don't really care about any of that stuff. You know, I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. You know, like I totally get along with this lady and, you know, I'm not out of a job and I'm making like twice as much as what I did for the attorney. You know, life is great. Life is grand. Well, slowly but surely, it started taking a turn. And I don't know what happened between the time that I hired in there or like knew her from this other attorney's office to a, a very short while after that. It was maybe, it wasn't even a year in. Like I started having like issues and it was like every time I turned around, like she was telling my boss, well, Amy didn't do this and Amy didn't do that. And there's all this stuff in the back room. And I don't like some of this is bad. And I don't even know what this is. And just, I mean, it was, it was without even asking me like what it was. <coughs> she just was kind of like throwing me under the bus without throwing me under the bus because I didn't. I had like good explanations for all the like. All the things that she was pointing out that was wrong, like there was a reason for it. Like it wasn't like I was just lazy and, and buying all this stuff or whatever. And it was just chilling back in the back. But like all, all these little complaints started happening. And then my boss started talking to me about, you know, like, well, so and so, you know, had mentioned that like this stuff is in the back and like this needed to be done and I, I would tell her oh yeah you know that's that's there because they sent me the wrong stuff and you know I have to send it back someone's supposed to come pick it up like I had I had a, le a legitimate excuse for like all of it but what killed me the most was 
this chick didn't even have the decency to come and ask me herself. She just went straight to my boss. Like, I understand that I went from like a small practice, you know, like little law firm to a big, huge corporation. It is it is corporate world there. And I, that was something that I was not used to, you know, and, and I was so used to having such a good rapport with this friend, you know, that I thought everything was going to be easy peasy, but apparently not. And, and I have, I have no idea what went wrong. And we, oh my God, we almost, like we just gotten this, that stuff continued. Her, her running and, and telling my boss and making like little comments, making it seem like she's just, she's just inquiring about, you know, certain things, not, but she was like throwing me under the bus or attempting to, you know, pretty much gaslighting. Is, it, is that the word gaslighting? Okay. Yes. So pretty much gaslighting, <laughs> like all of these little situations and, and gaslighting me. And then every time I'd be like, Hey, like, why did you say something about that? Like, why didn't you just come and ask me? And she'd be like, Oh, I didn't even, I just, she was there. So I, I asked her, I didn't even think about it. You know, it was, it was really, it was really bizarre. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. And I'm still like, I'm so confused and I'm trying to, you know, be nice to this, this girl and, and, you know, still do things for her and, you know, help her out with, you know, her job. And, you know, she's supposed to help me out with mine sometimes, you know, if, if I need it or if I take a day off, like she's my backup, you know, right. but there was like, so everyone knows that I'm, I'm terrified to drive in, in winter like snow on the roads, ice on the roads. Nope, I won't do it. Well, from the beginning, this girl told me, oh my God, well, I mean, because we both live in Lapeer, like if, you know, if you ever like get scared to drive or, you know, want someone to ride with or whatever, she's like, we can just meet up at a certain, you know, location or whatever in the morning and just, you know, ride together. Just let me know. Well, I always kind of kept it in the back of my mind. And all of a sudden, so when it when it became winter time, there was a time when I called and asked her, and she was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So we met up at the spot, you know, and I hopped in her car, and I'm like, "Oh my God, thanks, I appreciate this." Like, if you want gas money, and she's like, "No, no, no, it's it's not a problem," you know, acting all nice and fine and everything, and everything was fine then, but then there was. Another incident that, you know, a snowy, icy road incident, like I had made an attempt, and this was like a couple of months after that thing. Like I had only asked her once. I wasn't abusing it. I wasn't blowing up her phone, you know, nothing like that. Um, I had made it to Elba Road, and, and I, was, I was terrified. I was shaking. Like I had to pull the car over. And I just called her and I was like, where are you at? Like, could I get a ride? And she was like, it was like something just flipped because then she was like, I think you're going to be just fine. Like, I, I think, I think you, you got this, you, you can make this. And it, it wasn't in like a, 
oh no girl keep going like you got this it was it was one of those snotty snarky like i think you can handle this kind of a thing <clears throat> and i under i understand like if if it's a burden then say you know what like maybe i shouldn't have told you it was okay you know for you to contact me if you wanted to ride together or today's just not the day like i you know i'm i'm having my own issues but for her to be snotty like that it was like fine fine but i was so terrified like it wasn't even registering so i kind of composed myself and i was like you know what i'm just going to 20 all the way there 20 all the way there i don't even care who's behind me cuz you know you have that added anxiety with the people behind you yeah, yeah. and uh by the time I, I got there, she was there, and um, she was telling all of my other coworkers that, oh, she just, like, talking about me to all of my coworkers. And she was like, yeah, she, she called me for a ride and all this stuff, and one, one of my coworkers, had went up to her and was like, you know what? This is not appropriate. Like, you should not be bad-mouthing one of your, your colleagues like that. Like, I, I think you need to tone it down a little bit. And she got upset by that comment. But she at least stopped talking about me. So I walk in and my colleague comes up to me and she she says, before you hear it from any anyone else, I just want to let you know this is this is the situation this is what happened so then i got like super upset she, and and she was like the colleague was like yeah she was saying that you you call her all the time for like a ride because you you can't drive in the winter and like just i mean blew the whole thing out of proportion so i'm like i'm upset i just i go i sit down i start doing my work and the the friend has a status meeting with my boss. My boss's office is right next to my cube. So when someone raises their voice, like I can I can hear everything that's said. Right, right. So she goes in there and she's talking to my boss and she starts telling my boss a load of crap. Like I just really wish, you know, she wants to ride with me all the time. And she just, I don't know why she's calling me. And like, I know we both live, you know, in such and such town. But, you know, like she, she just, she has to, I just have to cut the cord from her, you know, and blah, blah. I mean, just, just saying all this nasty shit. And then I heard all of it. And that made me even more upset. Like, I started crying because half the shit wasn't even real. Like, it wasn't even true. So as soon as she got out, I marched my butt into my boss's office. And I closed the door. And I said, I just want to let you know that I heard every single word that she said to you. And she's like, oh, my gosh. You know? And I said... That's fine, but that's not the truth. And if she's going to be saying these things, 
I want to at least tell you the actual truth. And I told her that she offered to let me ride with her when the roads got bad. I had only used that privilege once, once, and it was months ago. And in turn, I also gave this woman a ride home one day so that she could go get her car or something. Like, I, I gave her a ride, too. So I returned the favor. Right. I said, this was not something that I enjoy. You know, I like, I, I do not enjoy having anxiety when the roads are bad. I said, but I... I also don't want things to be blown out of proportion. And my boss was like, please, Amy, like, you don't have to explain anything to me. Like, that's, you owe me no explanation. Like, it's okay. And she, you know, was calming me down, essentially, you know, and, and telling me, you don't need to be telling me this. Like, it's okay. I, you know, it's it's fine. And I'm like, no, I, I do need to give you this, because it's going to make me feel better, essentially, you know, like, I know what she told you, because I just heard it, and it ain't even close to the truth, now I just want you to know the truth, you know, even though it doesn't mean anything to her, you know, so my boss then told me, like, at, at the end of the thing, she was like, Amy, she is not your friend, and she goes, that is all I'm going to say about this. And she goes, you just need to keep your eyes open. And she goes, she is not your friend. And I said, okay. And ever since she told me that, I have looked at the situation through a completely different light. And now I just treat coworkers as co-workers not my friends I do not it it like that that whole yeah that whole thing that you were talking about uh before we started like the don't don't you shit don't, where you eat you know? yeah, or in this case you don't get your honey where you get your money yeah I mean yeah. that's that's a completely that's another layer to this but let's let's step back a, a little bit here because you're laying all this out and like i can um i can appreciate a lot of this because you've kind of laid out more or less your work history you yeah, you've done a, you've done a number of different types of industries you know um you've worked in different environments with different amount of colleagues or coworkers right how much of how much of the dynamic, you know, because there are people that that prefer to work in like a plant type of environment when there's 50, 100, 200,000 people in there. And then you go to a more intimate setting, an office type of setting where there's less than a handful of you. Now all depending on what your circumstances are and all depending on what your experiences are, you're going to have different feelings about both sides of, of the spectrum here. Now, I, like you, have worked in a number of different industries. I have, I mean, 
I worked at Windsor Place Apartments. I was part of the maintenance staff, you know. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, there was like maybe a dozen of us between office and 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 the garage. Um, and then I moved to a different property with a smaller staff, but the dynamic was different because there wasn't as many people in there and you got to know these people. You got to spend more time with them yeah. by and large, and you got to know how these people are. Now, in my experience, like my very first actual legit paying job that wasn't under the table or something like that was working at the Hadley Shell. Okay. And like there was five of us there that were filtered in and out, all depending on what shift we, we were working and things like that. Now, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, out of all those people that, that I worked with, I only maintained contact with one, and that's the one that hired me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the only time we correspond is on Facebook. You know, his life went his way, mine went mine, right? Right. Now... You know, aside from the hanging the drywall and stuff like that, like when I finally got into maintenance, you know, that was a different dynamic. Now, out of the Windsor Place crew, there's only one that I maintain any contact with. Wow. And 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 I'll tell you this too. Well, I I guess that's not that's not accurate. I guess three, three total. But uh, I mean, a lot of them. A lot of it is because of Facebook, and I don't know if we would be corresponding at this point had there not been Facebook. Just right. because, not because yeah. I don't like them, because the ones I do correspond with, I genuinely like. Like, I do care about these people. It's just our lives have gone in different directions, sure. right? Now, of the rest of them, I, I, don't, I don't give them a second thought, just because, like, they were there as colleagues. That's it. No more, no less. Um, when I moved to the other property, same ty- type of, 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 of situation. Um, but I only maintain contact with like two of them. You know, so I'm very s- selective in, in, in that regard. Now, real life, interpersonal re- relationships or friendships or, or things of that, of that nature, um, you know, in my in my day to day, one from the apartment genre. Now that I'm at GM, you're talking five thousand people in that building across three shifts. Now, I have met some very cool people, and 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 people that I will go to bat for any day of the week and twice on Sunday because they're legitimately good people, yeah. and I've got all the time in the world for a good person, but I'm also running into the same bullshit that, that you're laying out the backstabbing, the shit talking, the, you know, they're going to be friends to your face, but as soon as you turn your back, they're going to put, put, put the knife in it. Right. Because in your situation, not so much for, for me where I'm at now, you know, anytime, anytime you get into a situation where you have colleagues that are vying for the same position, the same promotion, the same office, whatever the case may be, this is when you are going to see people's true colors in, 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 in relation to what kind of value do they put on your quote unquote friendship. Right. What sucks is, as you have found out, as you just laid out here a, l- a little bit ago, 
you know, you're in your mind, you guys are cool. You guys have formed so, something of of a bond, so yeah. that when you are in a situation when you're when you are realizing that what you think was simply is not, and that this person is truly kind of a piece of garbage. You know, that's a blow to a lot of your emotional makeup, right? Yes. And and one of the things that was difficult for me, it was it was in particular, like, super difficult for me because I genuinely really liked this, this, this girl, you know, like, I, we had so many things in common, we would laugh, we'd go out for smoke breaks, you know, like, when it, when I smoked, I mean, it, she just seemed like such a good person. And then, you know, when I got the job, like everything, everything was great. And like, I, I looked up to her, like I, I legitimately looked up to this woman. Like, I just thought not the, that the, you know, the, sunset and rose in her ass or anything like that but like just her work ethic and the way she did things like that's what I kind of strived to be so like I really looked up to her and I I really truly thought that she was my friend and it's bizarre because when I worked at the shop people were cool with me until I got into a higher position and then people in the lower position were, were pissed. I mean, they were pissed and there was like a a few reasons, which I, I, I don't really want to go into, but, um, you know, cause the politickiness of oh, it all. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh. I, I just, you know, I'm not going to go into that, but it was kind of like, okay, I moved into a higher position and I really got some shit for it. And then here it is. Like I'm when I hired in there, like I'm the low man on the totem pole and she's higher ranking and she had issues with it. And I, I don't know why, like she, I know that she's a very non-confrontational person and neither am I like, I don't really enjoy confrontation but my thing is is if I'm doing something to offend you or bother like please say something like immediately you know and you can say those things in a nice way as to not like I mean it it kind of takes a lot for you to like hurt my feelings hurt my feelings I am a person that is so open to criticism only because I worked for a lawyer. I was constantly being criticized. And now I I look for it. I look for the criticism, you know, to make myself better because my attorney drilled me every single time. It was like, it didn't matter what I did, like nothing was good enough, but it made me do my job better. And in the end, like I was, I was a pro at that shit, you know, and I'm not just tooting my own horn or anything, but I was really good at what I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm pretty good at what I do now. Like my job kind of constantly is changing because of a few different factors um, that's going on like right now. Like our, our whole company is kind of like doing this little shift and we're getting out of a certain aspect and, and getting back into, you know, like brass roots things. So 
like I, I'm learning more about the company, about how we work, you know, like different things that that I'm to do. And, and I'm trying to move myself up that ladder, too. So I'm trying to learn a whole bunch of different things that really aren't my job. It has nothing to do with me. But I don't like to stay complacent. I'm not a complacent person. I can't just like sit in one spot and just like be okay with that. No, I am not that person. Like I constantly want to know what can I do better? Like what can I do more? I mean, shit, even with this podcast, like I was asking you, okay, you got some feedback. I didn't even ask. Like is any of it like, did I get any constructive criticism? You know, like I, I want to know this so that I can make myself better. And that's right. something that was taught by my attorney. You know, you can only flourish. She wasn't being mean. She was just making sure that I, I was doing my job to the best of my ability. And it was awesome. And and this girl could have just simply come up to me and been like, you know what, this it, it's a little too much for me. Or, I, you know, I'm just not feeling that vibe, you know, like, can we not, like, I guess be as close friends <laughs> as what we were, you know, like I, I just, I just want to treat you as a colleague, you know, and, and I want you to do the same with me. Like, cause you know, we talk every morning and it was just, it was kind of like out of left field and it, it sucked because I'm still in the low man position and she's treating me like shit and she's bad mouthing me to, to my colleagues and my coworkers. And She's thinking that I don't know about it. And they're all coming to me and telling me about it and telling me what she's saying. And it's like, okay, well, what's it going to do if I confront her about it? Like, what's going to happen? I know what's going to happen. She's going to be like, I don't want to talk about this. And she's going to walk away and she's going to steam and do whatever she's going to do. And it, it's still going to go back to the same thing. So after, after my boss had told me, listen, you need to get it through your head. She's not your friend. Like once I got that through my head and just started treating her like a coworker, things eased up a lot. And it's because I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't, you know, like, oh, hey, how was your weekend? This is what I did. What are you doing? And asking about her husband and her kids and, you know, all, all this other crap. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I stopped being personable with her and things got better. And that's weird to me because I'm a very, I'm a very personable person. You know, not that I want to know like everything about your personal life. It, it's not that, but like, I like a rapport. I'm not a robot. I, I don't want to look at you and be like, did you have a good day? Yes. Cool. I'm going to go back to work now. You know, like, I, I'm just not built like that. Like, you know, I I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, I'm an inside person. But when I talk to people that I work with, because I work with them every day, like, you got to love what you do every day. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to last. And that's going to suck. It's going to, I don't want to wake up and be like, oh, shit, here's another day of work. What kind of life is that? That sucks. So if you can just be nicer to your, you know, to your colleagues and, and have like a, a good, you know, a good rapport with them, like it just makes the day go by easier, you know, laugh, 
telling jokes, all that stuff. And it's, it's not, it's like super quiet and everyone's just like, you know, clicking on their little computer, sitting in their chair, not talking about nothing. No one has nothing to talk about. And like, that's not me. No, so I, just, I try to liven it up. I just, I didn't, I didn't understand it. I thought for sure it would have been, you know, because I'm higher up or something, you know, like it was with the thing, but it, it didn't really matter what my status was. And in this comes, she just treated me like shit. And I just, I didn't understand why, because I, I looked up to her and let me ask like, you this. It's gone now. Um, how much of the work ethic do you think comes into play here? And, and, and what I mean by that is you take your situation here and like you have two people that are vying for the same position or a similar promotion, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you wind up, you're the one who gets the nod because you're the one that by and large had a better interview or you, you tested better, whatever the case may be. How much right. of it, this, this conflict, or I, I can't think of another word right now, but for the lack of a better term, this, this conflict, this uh, failure to meet in, in, the, in, in the middle is attributed to the fact that this individual who is now um, kind of launching this attack against you to try to rally the other troops against you, how much of that is, do you think, is the realization that you are outworking everyone? And, it, you know, and that's what people have, have the biggest problem with, is that in their mind, they are the greatest things since sliced bread. You know what I mean? But then here comes, yeah. some, here comes somebody that, by and large, has not had a tremendous amount of experience in this industry, in this genre. And you're the one who gets the nod for the promotion or what, whatever the case may be. So now you're starting to experience and feel these ill feelings because, well, essentially you're being stabbed in the back and it just so happened you were in a position to where you heard it firsthand. Not a lot of yeah. people do. A lot of, you know, how many people are going through a similar you know, instance to where they still think that they're buddy-buddy with, with this individual, not knowing that they're the topic of conversation at the water cooler during lunchtime. Yeah. How much of it is a slap in the face for that individual because they are seeing and they are realizing that this other, this other person that got the promotion did not receive that bump because of anything other than, well, quite frankly, they got outworked. They were outmaneuvered. They they did not bring to the table what the boss or whoever was looking for. How much of that com- comes into play here, do, do you think? I'm not quite sure. I know that, like, when I still worked for the attorney and she worked for this company, because she she started a year before me. So when she started working, I know that, you know, because of her work ethic, you know, she was recognized a lot. And in our company, we have like these value awards where 
a colleague can nominate you for a value award and every month they have this drawing and they put your little name in a hat and you win like hundred dollar gift cards to Amazon and you know all this all this weird stuff um but I had noticed that when I started like I did get nominated like it 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 took me a while you know but I when you like go above and beyond and stuff like that you know like you 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 get nominated for stuff like that and like when I took over her old job and and I think that that may have something to do with it maybe you know because we coordinate events and stuff like that like we, we just do things differently but she was doing that job before I was and it's kind of like maybe she's seen me do it in a a better way maybe people got I I hate doing that I'm I don't like thinking that I'm better than anyone or else. more efficient I, I oh I hate that and I hate even saying you know that I, and it's a very good question that you're bringing up maybe I did do something that you know other colleagues preferred over the the way that she did them you know when she was in that position I'm I'm not sure like I I know that I did get a lot of praise I know that some things that I did were quite different and people had told me oh hey well can you like can you bring back this like can you start you know like doing this too you know, and, and, and I would, I would, I would switch back, you know, to, to different things, you know, that was done before I came in, you know, but I, I'd like to test the waters. I like to switch things up a bit and, you know, put my own little spin on things. And, you know, we, we have like these little events and stuff, uh, that we can play games and get prizes and stuff like that. And like, I, I get to figure out what the games are. And usually, you know, the people before would just kind of go with whatever the person before did. And I did things a little bit differently, you know. So it it very well could be that I was getting some praise. Um, I know I do, like, what my job consists of now is completely different than when I first started. Like it still has some small aspects in there. Um, but I, I mean, you bring up a very good point. I guess I never, you know, I never looked at it like I was doing a better job than what she did, or maybe she thought that of me because I don't think like that, you know, like right. I, I don't think, Oh, and I did so much better than so-and-so did, you know, like I, I'm just, I'm just not like that. Um, I think I think that plays that plays a part of this. Yeah. Because you are not ego driven to the point to where that becomes your whole identity in in right. terms of how you present yourself in a work environment. You're doing because you're paid to do a job, and yeah. when you're paid to do a job, you want to do it to the best of your ability so that well you keep getting paid for your job because otherwise they'll find somebody else that will do the job right. So. Absolutely. You know, when you, 
it and and it is all a mindset. It is a presentation thing because when you're coming, when you are bringing that kind of work ethic to the proverbial table for your boss, your supervisor, your manager, who whatever title fits here. And another individual is more or less, and they won't admit this, but they are more or less resting on the laurels of past accolades and success. So when they see somebody new coming into the fold, or they see somebody new that's, you know, slowly but but surely rising up to, you know, the top of the ladder, for the lack of a better term, you now become a threat because you are now being looked at by management, the supervisors or whatever. And this other individual, you have a right way to go about things and a wrong way to go about things. The right way to go about things, and this is just my opinion, is if you're threatened by somebody else's work ethic or by what they're putting, what they're producing, what they're bringing to the table, if you are threatened to the point to where you're going to start even having one thought of, trying to maneuver your way around that individual. Well, maybe the problem is their presentation, the way they're going about it, because if it was me, I guess, and maybe I'm just old school like this, but if I see somebody is doing a better job than I am, that's going to inspire me to be a better version of what I'm doing now, because clearly what I'm doing now just isn't quite enough. But if this other individual is, what can I do to 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 step up my game, to increase my stock, to increase how I'm perceived by upper management? Now, that's a win-win-win all the way around. It, it's right. a win for them because they are getting, they're becoming a better version of themselves. It's a win for you because you're clearly doing something that is resonating and it's a win for management because now instead of one person who is firing on all cylinders, putting in 110%, every other cliche under, under the goddamn sun, you've now got two of them. So as you know, there's nothing wrong with a little competition. The problem is, is when it starts to become a vile, ugly, nasty, backstabbing bitch session, because that creates a poor work environment. And at which point, you know, and I've seen this happen before, upper management will only put up with that for so long before they're like, you know what, fuck the both of you, you're, you're, you're both out of here, then where are you at, right? And yeah. that sucks for you because you have the, by and large, the best of intentions. You want, you actually want to do the best job possible. You want, because when you are successful, the management is, is successful and the company is is successful though so therefore your employment is going to be extended that much longer you go into anything half-ass amy you know this as well as anybody it's only going to stay afloat for so long i mean the i mean the titanic didn't sink all at once you know (laughs) it 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 took a minute but but when but once once it struck the iceberg the damage was done it, yeah. it was just a matter of how big is that hole and how much water is it letting in. Well, until it can't take no more and the big snaps in half and it, and it falls to the bottom of the ocean in two separate pieces. Fucked up analogy. I understand yeah. that, but you understand where I'm coming from here, right? I do. I do. I don't know. I just feel like in 
and, and I realized this is where I annoy a lot of people. I annoy my girlfriend, even though she will not admit it. I annoy the shit out of her because yeah. I I'm always trying <laughs> I'm always trying to look at the silver lining in things. Yeah. Always. It don't matter what the fuck is going on. Like I and, and listen, full disclosure, I understand that there are things in life there is no silver lining. But by God, I'm gonna look for it. If 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 I can just find one little thing to to sink my my claws into to try to build off that, I'm going to do that. Because I mean, otherwise you're going to get into a situation where there is just so much animosity. There is just so much turmoil and nobody wants to, you know, live their life in any realm personally or professionally with a tremendous, that feeling, you know what I mean? That heaviness, that like that dread, dread. It's, it's definitely dread, you know. We spend just, way too much time at work to be met with that kind of bullshit. Is no, is my opinion, right? We do. Like, well, and you know, I think. Um, so you met. Let me let me get this straight. Um, because I I think I missed it on on your guys' show, but so did you meet Brian and Q at work? Yes. Okay. I work. I work with them at the plant. Yeah. So, and and you did not know them before you you worked at GM. I did not. So, like, at least in your situation, that gives me some sort of hope that I like. I'm the same like you. You know, like throughout my work history, yeah, I'm, I met some some really cool people, and I mean, even even all the Maryland fried chicken ladies. I will talk to them all the time on Facebook, you know, like they're just great. They're, they're just all a great bunch of ladies and I'm friends with all of them. You know, they're just, and that's like the first workplace that I actually remain friends with (laughs) because they're just a great, you know, a, a great group of ladies. But this is just, it's so disheartening but then when I see you and, you know, the way that you were talking with, with Q and with Brian and, you know, them helping you out in your personal life, it's like, it just gives you that little bit of hope. Like, okay, maybe this is just the action of, of one person, even though my office is, it's pretty, like, nobody hangs out really out outside of you know, there's maybe like two or three people that hang out, out outside of work. They're just not like that. Right. And I don't know why. It's something I have never figured out. I, I have never dealt with. I've, I've never had to deal with, you know, that because it is such a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. But at least I know, you know, with our company, which is comprised of like, a little over a, th- a thousand people and our offices are scattered all throughout the US. At least I know that there may be a Brian and Q out there for me in the work world. <laughs> you know. Listen, it It's a two-way street. Yeah. You know? Because I've had people that I thought were my friends when I first started at the plant. 
that I felt, you know, had my best interest at the forefront with some, you know, people that I could, I don't want to say trust because I don't just throw that word out there anymore because yeah. I've been burned so many goddamn times. Um, but people that I, I enjoyed being around. Right. right. And, um, one, one instance, and I've actually talked to, or referred to, to this guy on the Klaus to the heart podcast that drops usually on Tuesdays here on the PFC podcast network. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've mentioned Gary and, and Gary was a guy that I thought was, he was a decent dude. I thought he was my friend. I thought he was, you know, he had my back and this was when I was a temp, like I wasn't even hired in permanently yet. Um, until we were on lunch break and, um, there was a part of, of the old shop that we were in, um, it had, you know, a multi-level stairwell from, from the third floor down to the ground Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't have to go down to the ground level. You know, that's where the smoke shack was and that's where people, you know, hung out at, at break time or what have you. Um, as I was walking back up the stairwell, because you you know you would go up the stairs, there's a landing. You go up the stairs, there's a landing. So they were on the very top. Gary and and another guy didn't really know him very well, but I knew Gary. I knew his voice, very unmistakable voice. And they didn't take me long to realize that he was actually making fun of my speech impediment to this guy, because oh, I yeah. I had gotten frustrated earlier in the shift. And when I was trying to explain what was happening to the the team leader or what have you, like I got flustered and I got, you know, I stammered over over some words. Gary heard it and like made fun of me about it behind my back. And it wasn't until I made my way back up to the top of the stairs, like we locked eyes and like he knew. He knew that I knew what, okay. what just happened didn't say another motherfucking word to him to this day. And because I know that the look I gave him was all I needed to to say, you know, it was disappointment. It was hurt. It was, it was a lot of things. Yeah. Um, So I closed myself off from work people. Like I went in, I did my job. I corresponded with who I had to correspond with bare minimum punched out at the end of the night. That was the end of it. Yeah. It is by the grace of God that I have guys like Brian, like Q, like, uh, will my, my buddy, will Norona, um, Derek Verd. Like I, there's, there's a handful of them that I work with or had worked with. We're all employed by the same company. I know without a shadow of a doubt, they've got my back. Yeah. No question whatsoever. Um, so there is hope. It's, It's just a matter of, you know, you, my mom always said, you got to get through the thorns before you reach the roads. Right. You know what I mean? And like when she told me that we were, it was in the context of finding your one true love or what, or whatever, but that can be attributed to situations like this. You know, you're going to meet a bunch of assholes through, throughout the course of your professional life, but there is going to be those exceptions and for you you know the ladies over at at maryland fried chicken like they obviously meant something to you or they mean something to you know that would not have happened your past had, would not have crossed had you not had you know at that point you were forced to find 
a different job or a second job to to supplement your income. You talked about this last week or the week before last. And like you every once in a while, I mean, it, it all depends not just on what you bring to the table, but what the other party brings to, to the table. And there are some decent people out there. Yeah. But unfortunately, in this day and age, they're few and far between because a lot of people's motives just are not on the up and up for the lack of a better term. It's all about what can the world bring me? Well, yeah, I get it to an extent, but you can't live your life like that. You're going to live a very miserable, lonely life and one that you're always looking behind your back for. And I don't want that kind of life. Like I know who, I know who my people are. They're the ones I, I rally around personally and professionally. And the rest of them can suck it for, for all I care. That's just where, where I'm at with my life at 46 <laughs> years old. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, but I, I don't know. I just. You know I, what it comes down to? I thought differently. <laughs> I know, I and I have too, but you know what it comes down to? What? I mean, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, I have the bottom line. What is it? The fact of the matter is, is that, by and large, the majority of the population that we share this world with just are not on our level of <laughs> awesomeness. They just can't handle it. Hell no. Hell no. And... You know, when they are met with forces like this, it is a stark reminder of just how pathetic their lives truly are. Because they've got nothing else that brings them legit joy other than shitting on other people. And that tells you all you need to know about them fundamentally as an individual. And you also realize that those are the kind of people you do not need to waste your time on any more than you absolutely have to. And the only reason why you have to is because you're getting paid by the same employer. So it's either you, you try to boost up your own credibility by attempting to climb your way to our level of awesomeness or just get the fuck out of the way because we've absolutely got no room in our lives for you. Right. So in closing, (laughs) friends are God's way of apologizing to us for our families. I don't know how I can't even follow that up. (laughs) Even if I was in full-blown promo mode, I don't know how I would follow that up. Because (laughs) that's, that's absolutely the truth. It's absolutely it the truth. Well, I get it. And again, <laughs> people can't handle the truth a lot of times because yeah. they're living in their own fantasy world. You know, what they conjure in their mind, they're trying to bring to the workforce as if they're, they are the dominant force in that office, that team, that floor, whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, and when when they are met with the realization that not everybody's buying their brand of bullshit, 
you know, that's that's a blow to the ego. And the ego, as I have discussed on many different ways, on many different topics, it will make or break just about any and all situations that involve you and your interactions with other humans. Right. Um, it's just, you know, you know as well as I do, the generation gap. I mean, it's getting wider and wider with every single year, it seems like. Like, with every new group of people that are coming into the professional workforce. And granted, you know, they're being offered jobs that we would have never 20 years ago even imagined would be a thing. Like, people are making you know, six figures by sitting at their home office working on a computer for five hours a day. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, I am on the assembly line busting my hump for eight or nine hours a day. Like, that's that's old school. But look, never in a million years did I think that podcasting would be, I you know, 20 years ago, what the fuck was a podcast? Oh, Nobody talked about podcasts because there was yeah. no such thing. Well, now here we are, and we're sitting here on Skype and talking into microphones and, you know, telling the whole world why we're awesome and they're not. And this is going to, you know, this is a stark reminder that they need to either shit or get off the motherfucking pot. Yeah. The world is changing. I mean, I I can't even believe it, it, it's gone this far. I mean, technology is amazing. But again, blessing and curse. You know, like, I'll take this stuff over, like, social media. I I wish social media was never born, you know, never thought of, never invented. I I think it's just the root of all evil. But, I mean, again, that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother time. Coming soon to the real (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Social Social media. What sucks? Blessing and curse. What more of a curse? Right. I get it. I get it. Um, listen, uh, before we uh, move forward here, is, is, there anything, is there another aspect of this topic that you would like to tackle? Another aspect of the topic? Yeah, I mean, I mean we've talked about you know, like your your personal dealings and how you thought, you know, friendship had evolved and then it wasn't and then it created animosity. I've laid out a few different s- scenarios um, in, in terms of friends or foe. Have you and you don't have to go too far in the woods with this if you don't want to. I don't even know if this is a thing for you or not, but. um what happens when a quote unquote professional friendship becomes a personal relationship and the dynamic that 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 I mean that changes everything right I mean not just for the two parties involved but as word spreads and you know it always does because nobody can mind their own business no um I mean, how much how how much of that is a thing in terms of trying to figure out who your friends and foes are when you're dealing with a professional environment, work or or otherwise? 
I know that's kind of a loaded one, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I have dated coworkers before. All of them went wrong. I mean, all of them went wrong. And it's not that many. I, I know I say all of them. Like, there's, like, some big-ass number. It's it's not really, you know, some some big number or anything like that. But... When a professional relationship turns into like a personal relationship, that's it's super hard because 99% of the time it fails and it doesn't fail because of the two people that are in the relationship. It usually fails because of everyone around them. That's that's the problem. If you can somehow be that 1% that you both don't let it affect you, I believe these things, I, like I've, I've seen people's personal relationships very much blossom, you know, outside of, of that aspect, you know, where one gets a different job or, you know, not, they're not getting a different job. Let me back up. They're, they're not switching professions because of the relationship they're switching professions because that was like their the normal course and in their life so that just happened normally and they continued on with these relationships and they blossomed and they went where they went and you know they they turned out very beautiful but for the majority of them it's you almost have to have some like you got to be the most strongest people in the world because how could you not like no matter how positive you are or negative you are how could you possibly not let the thoughts of others the actions of others and and the the talk the talk affect your relationship and like the way that you view things you know especially if they are like one of those people that kind of have to be friends with everybody, right. you know, like I, I used to be one of those people. Like I, I just wanted to be everyone's friend and I, I didn't understand why you didn't, you know, like me if you didn't like me or whatnot. Um, but like, if you care what people think it's, it's not going to work because you're always going to have those fucking people that they have no idea what's going on in your life. They just think that they know. You know, or they've they've heard around the water pool what they know. And there's nothing else to do at a job except for talk about drama. And most people are so damn drama filled and they just, you know, it doesn't feed their ego, but it like it releases dopamine in their brain and makes them feel great, you know, right. to, to spread this shit. So they, they just can't help but do that. And I also know that because I was one of those people like. Not that I love to spread shit, but I like to know what other people knew. Like, it made me feel good if I was in the know. And then I felt, and, and this was long, long ago. And I felt that if I talked to other people about this, it would, I don't know, build my bond closer with them because I knew something that they didn't know. So I was sharing with them ultimately spreading said you know bullshit and but it, it made me feel good not because oh i'm the one that knows but it like you were a part of something feel, 
yeah, it made me feel closer to that person because I got to share with them something that they didn't know. And, and I knew, and then I felt special in it. Yeah. It like releases some sort of weird thing, <laughs> weird chemical in your brain. And you just feel good about it until you don't, right. um, or until you get old enough to realize, okay, what you're doing is spreading rumors. It's, it's not fact. It's, you know, and when you're young like that too, it's kind of like you, you don't grasp the situation or how it could harm other people. But then like you start getting into other people's business and then everyone else is talking and everyone's talking and then everyone's got their own opinion. So everyone's saying all this shit and it's, it's almost impossible for two people not to listen to the, the entire outside world and all of their opinions. It's, it's just impossible. You just have to have two strong people, strong willed people. I will correct myself. Strong willed people that follows what they want, what they want and not what other people want or how they look in the eyes of others. I think that is the only possible chance that they have at a productive relationship. In in my in my personal opinion, um I haven't really I haven't had many like I haven't dated many colleagues, but I know they they sure as fuck didn't last long, you know, because I listen to other people. I let other people affect my decision. I was not a very strong-willed person, you know. No, I get it. And, uh, you know, again, that's, that's, uh, I knew I just kind of threw it out there, but it, that is a pretty loaded. It that is. Could all, almost be, be like a part two to this, to this whole, whole scenario. Could, maybe we can talk about that next week. Sure. Cause there's like, there's in depth, things that that go with this and in certain situations and certain positions you know like and i'm not <laughs> not talking about sexual positions <laughs> <laughs> i like certain you know like <laughs> like your you know like what your position is in said company you know and and what your relation to that is like are you just an employee and you're dating your boss or are you a colleague dating like another colleague you know, that's on like the same level there. There's different scenarios, different levels to this. And like, they all kind of each have their own individual thing, you know, and, and I've, I've only experienced just a couple and both just did not, you know, <laughs> they had their own reasons, but <laughs> my dating life is, oh, it was terrible before I met my husband. I'm just well, so glad that, that shit's over. Right. No, hey, I I I understand that wholeheartedly. So why don't we do this? Why don't we put a bow on this week? We will come back and tackle this this part of it. Personal re- relationships from stemming from a professional environment. We will we will tackle this more in depth next week as a part 2 or a follow-up to this. And of course, we encourage your feedback. Um you can send us messages to our official Facebook page. Now we do have our own official, uh, our own official Facebook page. Easy for me to say, P 
PFC Real Podcast is the handle for that. And you can also send us a link to our, send us a message to our email. All of those links are on klaustotheheart.net, which is the official website of the PFC Podcast Network. Uh, before we get out of here this week, Amy, is there any lasting or uh, words of wisdom that you would like to l- leave us with this week? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind if I do. Hey, okay, then. I don't Let go rip, crazy. Right? I don't go crazy. I am crazy. I just go normal from time to time. Just keeping it real. Love it. With that, we will be back here next Saturday with a brand new episode of The Real Podcast here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Thank you.